0: We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay.
1: And today's guest is Adam Jablin. Adam is a best-selling author inspirational keynote speaker, transformational life coach, and spiritual and recovery mentor. In 2006, Adam got clean and sober, which unleashed many gifts he had hidden inside. During the most successful years of his company, Adam was in the grips of alcoholism and addiction. He knows what it's like to be powerless. His family intervened, and Adam's spiritual journey began. While running a multi-million dollar company, Adam dedicated himself to helping others and showing them the path out of their problems and into the solution. Later, Adam helped sell that business for nine figures with his loved ones, and now he wants to help you. Adam's teaching show people the way to become the hero of their own lives. In this interview, we discuss how to break down your old internal programming that is holding you back in life, how to find your internal superpower in life, how to find the mentors you need to change, and so much more. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, I have followed you from your um, social media, for your Instagram. Love your content. But you've got an amazing backstory. For people who maybe don't recognize the name, and they should, how do you define who you are? Because you've got an amazing story.
2: Oh, thank you, my man. That means a lot. So, well, I would define myself. Uh, I'm the typical hero in the hero's journey and that's what I help people do. I, you know, I, I had to leave the the known world and, and what I thought was typical and very regular and familiar. And I was drinking, drugging, and making money. And, and I had to go mm-hmm. into the unknown and uh, find out all these principles, spiritual nature, and go on this journey of discovery to find out who I really am and, and where my true power is. And, you know find the courage to slay the dragons and 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 face my fears and then and then come home and return and and help people do the same thing that i've done and and that's you know so really what i am is the the just the prototypical hero's journey
1: i do love it because it's like change of behavior is a true power not a lot of people can do and to be able to do that and then say yeah i myself now i can help others with it it's a fantastic mission to be on but I mean, you started and you went from a sort of multi-million pounder business into, you know, you were dealing with like the alcohol issues and things like that. Did you feel the struggles when you were younger because it felt like your future was mapped out because you were expected to go into the parents' business yes, or did that very, come up?
2: Very much so. Um, so my grandfather was successful. Very, very proud of him. And then my, my father, was even more successful. And I had to live up to these two giant shadows. And I'll never forget, mm. you know, my my father, out of love, my father and my mother, out of love, you know, they the, the family business really turned successful and they were offered a lot of money. So they were trying to get clarity on what to do. And they asked me at a young, young age, probably around 12 or 13, do I want to take it over? And I saw the change in lifestyle and I saw how well, you know, and, and I knew what they wanted to hear. And hmm. I said, yes, now I, you know, they, to their, you know, they, they never knew what they were doing to a 12 or 13 year old boy. They were just trying to get clarity. They weren't doing, you know, I didn't know that I was signing my life on the line, on the dotted line. And, um, but, but it did kind of make me feel very, insecure and powerless and you know i never got to really dare to dream and, and and what could i do or who could i be and i was always very charismatic um very popular you know people seem to love me and, and and but at the same time i felt like this desperation inside i would quiet that desperation with a lot of alcohol
1: i know that feeling yeah and, and do you think that's part of a thing is like because we're not taught to talk about it, we're expected to just to deal with it as as men, that we kind of just build it app and we just let it go. And how? what did you start noticing were red flags? Were there like events or things that happened that you just thought, looking back now, you're like, whoa,
0: I, that, that's funny. obvious.
2: <laughs> it's so funny you say that, right? Because what happened was... Um, have you ever seen the movie The Sixth Sense? By with yep. Bruce? Okay, so you know you watch the whole movie. You know, in the end, he realizes he's dead, and the hmm. whole movie makes sense. And you are like, "Oh, yeah. this is why the little boy can see him. This is why no, you know, this is why things are so weird with the wife. This is because he's dead, right?" Well, right. when I admitted when I was an alcoholic and an addict for the first time in rehab, everything I had done to that point made sense. Like so. But when you say red flags, I just was like, oh, it was bad luck. So the DUI, the two days in jail, the 30 letters I wrote to my ex-wife that I'll stop drinking, the walking my face into the wall. The, I mean, like I have, I have too many drunk high stories that are funny and ridiculous. But for me, I thought it was just a guy that was out of control, you know, like a fun, mm. loving party guy. And when I finally admitted to myself that I'm an alcoholic and an addict, that's when everything made sense. Oh, that's why I do this. That's why I behave like this. That's why this occurs over and over and over again.
1: Because you hear that, don't you? It's like everybody kind of going, when I look back now, but we're kind of made to decisions way at school about what do you want to do for the rest of your life? how Where do you want to go? What career would you want to do when you're like 12, 13, 14? And you're like, I would barely know what pot to piss in back then now looking back i'm kind of like what on earth you know i'm certainly not the same person i was five years ago never mind what 20 odd years ago you know and i think that's putting a lot of pressure on like young adults today and like you see these kids shooting up schools and things like that and it's like they've got no one to actually they can sit speak to and talk to yeah so do you think that's why we use like alcohol and you know drugs have we Do we just try to quell that voice, that inner voice, that superpower voice going, look, Clark Kent, Superman's here. We need to get going. Do you think we're kind of batting that? uh,
2: I think that's a big part of it. I do. I think, you know, I think there's a slew of reasons. You know, there's sometimes it's to get the courage, like you just said, right? Hey, Clark Mm -hmm. Kent, Superman's here. But sometimes it's just a rite of passage. And, you know, you see your friends drinking or the older kids drinking and you want to see what it feels like and participate too. Um, I think there's so many different reasons why we try. You know, I I, I think where it it can get a little more common is why we continue.
1: Because I always love like on your social media and like your Insta stories and all that, it's like, you're never shy about saying this stuff that other people would go, Oh no, I can never admit to that. Oh, I can never tell that story because that makes you, but you just go, this is what I did. This is how I fixed it. Thanks. And I think that's helping so many people because you know, you get this, like everybody talking on the high horse, but you're actually going, I've been there, but you can come back from it. You can bounce back.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I don't come from a place of judgment at all. I mean, most of the time, you know, and I don't say this in a competitive way, but most of the time, I made an ass out of myself, way bigger than the people I'm helping. <laughs> you know, I took things way farther, for uh, down a darker road, made bigger mistakes, which is why I love helping them. And, and and the fact that I did it so grandiose gives them a permission slip to be like, oh, I could talk about this. Like if if Adam did it, X, Y, and Z. If Adam did something this crazy, then, well, I could definitely talk about this little thing.
1: Uh, I mean, I interviewed a guy called Dr. Rob Kelly. don't know if you have uh, any interaction with I've
2: him. i partner with Dr. Rob quite a bit.
1: Perfect. Well, he came, and he was the first one I'd ever heard that sort of t- – he tells a story of realizing it was the drink. It was the actual – what was in his mind, the, the problems thing. he was struggling with. Do you Do you go along the same kind of belief with him that – You know, we can look back in our families and look for the 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 repetition of the problem. You know, like I've got mental health issues and our like depression stuff. So he said, um, like addicts are uh, born; they're like, sorry they're created or hereditary. They're not made by drinking. Would you agree with that from your kind of experience?
2: I mean, I I, you know, but first off, you know, he's he's speaking more. Let's let's a give credit where credit is due, Doctor Rob Kelly. Not only is he uh, a man of of pure heart and integrity, okay? And there's not a lot of them out there.
1: He's some he, guy.
2: He is the number one addiction doctor by, you know, acknowledged by Harvard University. As in, so if you're going by popularity or MTV, you may think it's Dr. Drew, who I love and I know well. But when it comes to the actual science of alcoholism and addiction. Dr. Rob Kelly's the guy. and yes, what, what he's saying, there's a lot of truth to it. I don't think he meant it as a blanket statement. I, mm-hmm. you know Dr. Rob would be the first one to tell you that you know there are people that, if you continue doing the same behavior and over and over and over, it's going to become a problem. But for many of us, it, it, there is a genetic component, and when it's ignited by us, you know I yeah. haven't one person yet that somebody put handcuffs on. Right, put a gun to their head and said, Drink this, I need to make you an alcoholic. It's always with your own willpower and your own curiosity, but once it's ignited, you know and you have those past traumas from mm-hmm. your childhood, you know, hello, it's time.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just I was remembering just out of my own sort of like, I never really wanted to drink at the time, but everybody else was doing it, and it was cool, and I can remember coming away thinking, I won't do that again' because it made me feel confident. It made me feel like, you know, hide the imposter syndrome that I was feeling at the time. I still feel it now. I've done 140 odd interviews in this series. And I'm like, every time I'm like, I wish they'd canceled tonight. I wish they'd canceled tonight. Because in my head, I'm still that scared little boy back then. And I think that's that's what-
2: beautiful, man. That's, look, I'll tell you, my mentor and my spiritual father, Dion, He's a, a legend in Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, right? He, so he's the one that Bruce Springsteen looks up to, that Bob Dylan looks up to. Um, you know, Dion. I mean, it's Dion. It's, you know, not many people are known for, by one name. And he'll tell you, you know, he gets a, he's, still, he's, he's been doing this now for like 70 years, and he still gets a little nervous every time he gets on stage, right? Because it's, it's an excitement as well. It's an energy. Yeah, and, it's you know. a fight
1: or flight thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something to be to acknowledge. You, know, you may do a thousand of these and still get that feeling, but it's it actually is going to help you. It's not. It's I don't necessarily know if it's really imposter syndrome after that much time. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that that anxiety is is actually a superpower.
1: And I think it's when it's not there, you start to panic. That's the set. Yeah. That's the sign. I can see why you're helping a lot of people out of it. Like, you know, because just five minutes reading like some of your Instagram written posts, I'm like, this guy gets it. You know, he's not foolish.
2: You know, think about it. Like, if you don't have that, it could almost be like you don't care. And if you don't care, mm-hmm. now we're going to, like, dare I say it, sociopath, right? Like, if you don't care, like, that's a sociopath. I can hurt someone and not care, I can kill someone and not care. I can can do something for you and not give a shit. Once you get to this, I don't care. I don't have this energy, right? You're you're actually more dangerous. So I think to acknowledge, even if you're labeling imposter syndrome, that it's actually just a little nervousness, anxiety. You want to do your best. You weren't trained for this. So your your mind may try to mess with you and fuck with you. But, dude, the training is the 139 you did before. You don't need to oh. go to school for a pot. Like, you, you did it. And um, I think that's, a, I think it's a beautiful thing. And do
1: you think that's like a big sort of problem? It's like we use the idea of Dutch carriage for alcohol. It's like, you know, oh, you're nervous, have a drink before you go in. Oh, you're needing a Nina date, you know, have a shot before you get into the restaurant. You know, like we use it kind of like as a way of not just telling somebody how to find their own inner confidence, they just go, You need it from an external source. You need it to be like poured into (laughs) glass for you.
2: I mean, look. uh, Here's the thing. I and I'm saying this because I liquid courage works, you know. And Mm. and a a couple of shots of tequila before you go is definitely going to make you feel better. Now, I'm not. It's very important that I. I don't want alcohol to be. The, the the thing we're beating up here right like a rabbi and a and uh, a priest can have wine before their sermon and and people can yeah. have uh, weddings and celebrations with beautiful wine and vodkas and and special scotches and cigars. like it's it's meant to celebrate with spirits it's for people like me and like what dr Rob Kelly said with the abusive thinking right and use it in the wrong way that's when it becomes a problem. Hmm. No, I don't want alcohol to actually be the problem because that that's making everybody into an alcoholic, and that's just not true.
1: I mean, that's partly one of the reasons I never started smoking. Like, I always envied, like, because of my anxiety at the time. I envied people who had cigarettes and roll ups and stuff like that because they could always do something with their hands. They had the lighter, they had the cigarettes, and I was like, if I was doing that, I'd be rolling fifty a day. I'd be, I could, I would be able to leave it alone because it allowed me to channel the anxiety into it. Did you have like, what was your point that you started thinking, okay, this is more than a problem. This is actually an addiction. This is something I'm struggling with. Was there a a point you can pinpoint?
2: I mean, I definitely had a lot of moments um, of clarity and moments of, uh, of concern uh, throughout my drinking, you know, and drugging career which really started heavily around 15 and ended at 30. Um, and I would have these moments of like, this is not good. like, And, mm-hmm. you know, it, drinking was always my number one. It's I think it's because it was common. It was, you know, my family drank. Uh, we were heavy drinkers in my family. I'm the only alcoholic. Um, but, you know, when you start messing with the drugs and the pharmaceuticals and cocaine and ecstasy and, and oxycot and Darvocet and you know Percocet and then uppers downers laughers screamers LSD mushrooms. When I started realizing, like okay, every single weekend I want a bag of cocaine when I drink, that's when I knew the mm-hmm. cocaine was a problem. So, but once I put the cocaine down, the drinking went up. Then when I realized the drinking was becoming too hard, the hangovers. Mm-hmm. Were too- uh, my body wasn't working out the same way. I wasn't trained the same way. And I would cut back on the drinking. Something else would have to pop up, so I would like then start using Xanax. But you know, and, and or I would use Ambien to sleep, and it, it just became this. Th- I don't know if you remember when we were kids. There was a game called Whack a Mole, right? So this thing would pop yeah. up, and you whack it, and then this other thing would pop up, and you whack it. And so what would happen is, you know, the alcohol would come up, I'd whack it, I'd come down, and then the Ambien would come up, Ambien to sleep, and whack, and then Xanax whack and then you know uh painkillers whack and then you know cocaine whack and then alcohol comes back up and whack you know and it just becomes this vicious cycle um and and so i had all these weird moments of knowing i'm abusing something i'm abusing it's no good it's no good it's no good but i couldn't find my way out
1: and do you think like that's something about it is that you You know that's a situation where people are like, "But you can't be an alcoholic, you're producing all this amazing work you're in uh, running a business, you're you know doing the stocks, you're doing the the payments and that that people seem to think that you can't be you can't have been an addict and be high performing Whereas I used to see them every day, I worked in a cashier store like you know serving a lot of people when they would come in, they'd buy a bottle of whiskey and they'd be in their three piece suits, and that'd be their lunch the lady would come in with a little bottle of gin, buy it, and go off to our business meetings. And that's how they kind of coped with the stress. And people seem to think, like, you know, we've got this image of the the drunk guy in the gutter. That's the alcoholic. The guy that can't keep a job, that's the alcoholic. But there's lots of high-performing addicts that I've noticed. Yeah,
2: yeah. very high-performing. Um, oh. So I used to think there was a movie called End of Days when I was a kid with Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Okay? Oh, yeah. It,
2: Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie is an alcoholic. and he's. Gonna, by the way, he's going to fight the devil in it. But um, in the movie, I'll never forget, he, you know, he grabs – it's Arnold. It's a young Arnold, younger. And he grabs a bottle of scotch and he drink it. And you see this huge bicep, huge. Hmm. I remember thinking that's just – it's not believable. It doesn't go together, right? Because you see all the hard work. Right. And you see, our, yeah. <laughs> so I used, I tried to use that as my mask as well. Right. Because I thought people thought the way I thought like, Oh, if he's in great shape. And if he has the money and if he is that, then he can't be an alcohol. I wanted people to believe that. I had no idea that people could see right through. Hmm.
1: And what, how did you deal with that? Like, how were you dealing with, like, did you look at people and think he's judging me? And that time. was a pressure from there. What, what did that make you sort of do? Did that make you drink heavier? Did that make you sort of push more stress on yourself?
2: Yeah. How did you deal very, with it? Very, that's a great question because it's something I, I I work on still to this day. It made me hyper competitive. It made me put people on my little dartboard that I had to be better than them. I would not only try to be better at them um, with my body, I would try to have more money than my bank account, and I would drink at them. I would try to be like – you know, you can't, you can't keep up with me. You can't be me. You can't drink like me. You can't train like me. You, you know, it, it, but it, it's sad because you're living in this internal torture, right? And this other person's not thinking about you at all. Wow. It's this bullshit that I put on them that they that they're putting on me. It's 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 the whole thing that goes back to what Dr. Rob was saying. It's a thinking problem, not a drinking problem, right? right? It's my thinking. Like that person's not even thinking about me. And yeah, they're
1: they're
2: are, they are literally a, 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 a little red dot on my board that I keep thinking about. I need to be better hmm. than them. I need to be – and like this this person's living their life. I'm drinking at them. I'm lifting at them. I'm looking better than them. I'm, they don't give a shit
1: been there so many times i was just like i was smiling in a way because it made me realizing go that was so-and-so that's so-and-so how and w- when did you realize that was just stupid and to actually use that energy inside rather than outside? what was like your t- turning moment do you think because you know, you've I, done
2: it. it's 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 i'd rather make it a very transparent interview rather than like i've i've climbed the mountain interview I'm, I'm really much better at it, but that is, you know, it is something that will leak back in every now and then. And I have to constantly work on myself to let that go and to realize that these are stories that I'm making up and I'm, I'm, I'm making them up because maybe I found when I did it before I found some form of success or maybe I'm feeling I need a little drive, or maybe there's an anger in me that needs to be felt. But it's it 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 it's not like I'm totally healed from it. It, it. it tends to creep back in every now and then. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm bad. I'm not bad anymore. I don't make every single person my competitor and my target. But it it it's, it does seem to sometimes creep back in.
1: I mean, it's probably really good to hear because I still get that. Like I'm still looking going, oh, that person's got a better podcast. Or that person's doing that. And I'm like, they don't even know I exist. They're probably like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll come on your show. Yeah, like being completely nice about it. And I'll be bitching and moaning about them because we start looking at, it's like when you get your next belt in jujitsu, like I'm a blue belt. When I get the purple belt, I'll immediately be going, I'm shite because I'm getting battered by the brown and the black belts. Never mind the fact that you're better than you've ever been but we still put all this pressure on ourselves. And how did you get over that sort of personal sort of fear of making that change? Because like yeah. you talking about how we can find our own sort of inner superpower. Yeah. How do we start actually, instead of just ripping off the clothes like Clark Kent does, how do we start getting over that fear of, I can't be more becoming the super, you know, becoming the superhero in our own journey.
2: So I, I have to use I statements And I'm not – I'm really not trying to – I don't need it. I don't need the business. I don't need the clients. I really don't. But I need to use I statements. I had to become teachable. I had to find a coach and a mentor that can show me the way out. It was not – every book is of self-discovery. So if you think it's in a book, take your fucking pick. Go to the Bible. Think of thinking, grow rich. Go to the Twelve Steps Alcoholics Anonymous. Go to Codependence No More. Go to the Power of Now. Go to Awaken the Giant Within from Tony Robbins. Go like if you think it's in a fucking book, they're all we're all restating the same. My book, Tony's book, Nick's book. It's all right, but you, but eventually you got to take some fucking action consistently with someone that's actually done it right? That's why everybody gets stuck in this, oh, I have a podcast, but it's not going anywhere. Oh, I have this, but it's not going anywhere. Because no one wants to actually really do what they're asking about, which is invest in themselves and say, I'm going to have the fucking balls to change. Nobody does. And that's why people. there are people like me that we jump. We take a quantum jump because we're actually like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. And even though I have a good reputation and even though I have this and even though I have that, I'm going to actually become teachable. I'm going to take my hard-earned money, maybe even money that I don't have, and I'm going to bet on myself and say somebody show me the way. So once I started doing that and I started working in his inner circle and I started meeting other people like that, I started growing because there was so much I didn't know. And and how did that, you start that? That's the key that I would want to give other people, not me. I don't care about. It's not for me. I'm asking them for. It doesn't. I don't care who they're attracted to. It's right. not. It's not at. It's find that person that you can break through finally.
1: Because I know that's just helped so many people. Just that alone. Just people kind of going. You know. Yes, I am. I'm, I am holding back. How many people do you get coming to you and going? I've got this business idea. Have you have you looked into it? No, but I'm waiting for the market to improve. Oh, I, I want to go and approach that girl. Well, oh, have you spoken? God. Have you spoken to her? No, because uh, uh, she's on um, she's working just now. I can't speak to her. And you're like, well, why can't you do it later? Oh, uh, and they always have an excuse. They always have a reason. I get like emailed from guys going, oh, I would love to go and date girls, but I'm not confident enough. I'm not manly enough. I'm not dressed well enough and it's like have you spoken to them no well how do you know that's what they're thinking we have this inner bullshit and that's what i love about like your approach like rob kelly i remember he said in our interview i don't want to know the stuff that you fake to other people i want you to tell me about the stuff that you're struggling with you're taking to the grave that you're never going to share with anybody the stuff that's destroying your life let's deal with that and let's get a move on how did you find the mentors that were going to help you? The guys, like you're saying, that are going to just drag you and say, no, no more bullshit. Let's change. Let's be the real Adam that you can be.
2: Well, at first I was blessed with Dion coming into my life. You know, I met mm-hmm. Dion when I was 12 years old and got and really brought to him and under his, under his love and his, his tutorage at 30, uh, getting clean and sober. And then when it was time to really go into coaching, you know, I knew, it, you know, my mission, if you were to ask me, is to bring Dion's teachings to the world the way Tony Robbins brought um, Jim Rohn's teachings to the world, right? So it's, it's, so if you were to ever ask me who my mentor and who my teacher is, it's Dion. But to build a coaching business, to build social media, to I've invested in myself, you know, and it's not just one person. It's not just one person, but th- when you do that, that's where these quantum leaps happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so it's it's you have to find who you resonate with, what message you feel right with who, you, and 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 you have to trust your gut.
1: And is there sort of parameters that you set with these people, or do you just know, like do you just connect, and that's you just know that that's part of? Because they say you're the the average of the five people you hang around with. Do you think you just know that the mes- message you're reading is right? You know, read a book. No, it's not for me. Read a book. Get in there, but it's not quite okay. And then finding somebody that you just click with. Well, let, or let, me you, do you have-
2: let me give you an example. Let me try to give you an example. So it's so it's less. You gotta you gotta get in the room. You gotta get in the room. You gotta get on the call. You know, it's not it's not that one social media post. It's not that one DM with the person. That DM could be their salespeople. It's getting in the room and actually talking to them and seeing if there's a vibe and seeing if you can learn from them. And if they trigger something that's making you feel really uncomfortable, that may be the reason that you need them. Because they're they're, make, they're, they're pushing something that you're like, this doesn't feel good. And it's like, exactly, because you don't want to grow up. Your brain is making you want to stay stuck I'll give you an example. I have a friend with 300 podcasts, over more, with big, big fucking names, but won't take the money into putting it in himself and growing. So, guess what? He's got these huge names Jesse, it's the Tone Tim story, who I love. All these friends, David Meltzer, big influencers on his podcast, and he makes fucking Bub kiss. Why? Because he won't invest in himself to, with a coach to understand how to grow a business. You know he's obviously learned the formula of how to get the get the, the proper guests, but mm-hmm. that formula is not feeding his family. So think about that. Think about where my friend that's stuck is. Big recovery name. He has the formula to get the guests. And he can't have the podcast make money, but he won't invest in himself to make. So he has all this material, all these shows that he. But he won't invest in himself. That, my friend, is hell. That's uh, hell.
1: Because I, I get that a lot. It's like I people saying, rather,
2: "Oh, I told him I'd rather not even start a fucking podcast." Can you? I can't oh. even imagine. It, Could you me, imagine that, Tony? Look, well, he has every name you can think of. He can't make a dime off of it. Said, well, what do you, like, Like, dude, like, you obviously got this unbelievable platform and formula for getting the guess.
0: It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguidecom slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. So how do we do that then? How do we...
1: S- like accept that we need to work on ourselves we need to be open and invest in ourselves how do we like say if there's like three rules three to five rules that people listening could just go am i doing this this and this okay i'm not investing myself if i'm doing right. that i'm investing myself. How, do you have like right. adam's golden rules on being a badass
2: uh so the first thing i would do is I would ask God for help or or a higher purpose or higher cause. I would, I would say God, life force, divine force, creator, higher power, whatever you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. I'm open and I'm ready. I'm open and I'm ready. Please show me the way, right? Please show me the way. Then once that first synchronicity happens, once that first opening, once that first – Mentor, coach, that first post that talks to you once, well, you you see something, a mastermind. Once that thing comes to you, right? That's step two. Now it came to you. Now there's an answer. Now is your turn again, right? Step three. Act now. Do it now. Put the credit card down. Like, like, stop acting like, oh my god, if I do this, I'm not going to eat again. I'm not going to be able to put have a roof over my head. I'm not going to feed the kids. It's all bullshit. It's yep. all but you're stuck in th- your brain is stuck in a fear pattern, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way to break the fear pattern is to override it, is to do what you don't want to do. That's how you jump out of an airplane, that's how you do a cold plunge. That like you have to override the software because the software is old, old, old computer system that was designed. Don't get me wrong, we're all beautiful human beings with flesh, bone, and cartilage, and joints, and and spirit, and enthusiasm, and with all these beautiful things, right, and heart pumping with all these beautiful things that can do these amazing things, but the software, the hardware, is from the fight or flight stone ages of of hunter-gatherer, and it's actually trying, it's not trying to keep you a loser. It's not trying to make you sad. It's trying to keep you safe. It's just it's so if your safe is, I do this every day and I'm trying to do this and I'm not gonna invest my money in this. And it's just gonna keep that pattern up because A, the first thing it wants to do is it wants to tell itself that it's right. If it shows itself it's right, then mm-hmm. now, now you have a belief pattern. Oh, you see, I'm right. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. This is keeping me safe, this is keeping me safe. This is You have to actually override the system and go, no, I need to grow. I need to be better. I need to be bigger. I know I can do this. It's fucking scary, but I know I can do this. So it's one, ask your higher power. Ask God. Ask the divine life force. Ask spirit. Two, wait for that thing to happen. It's going to happen within 72 hours. Three, act. Override the system because that third step is going to be the hardest step. Because that's where your system's going to go, eh, well, mm, you know, this is coming up, and I have my daughter's this, and I have my wife's this. Yep. You know what I mean? And there's always, because it's going to keep you safe. And nobody, here's the thing, and it's in every meme, and it's in every speech, no one's coming to do it for you. Nobody, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Oh, I have a podcast. Oh, I have this. Oh, I have social media. Oh, I have. No one gives a fuck. Nobody mm. gives a fuck. Go, you have to do it yourself. No one's waiting to go, "Oh, I've been looking for you. Here's two million dollars. Market yourself.
1: <laughs> I you wish it shows out nicely. Like. It's a
2: fuck. Mm. You've gotta do it yourself. And once you do and you put that much money and, 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 and investment into yourself, wait till you watch what happens. It is miraculous it's heaven but it's so scary it's so scary
1: And do you think that's why everybody's sitting just now going yeah i could do that i do that but as soon as they come to put that money down they're immediately going oh i need to read another book oh i need to do another workshop oh i need to do because at least they feel like they're doing something you feel like you're actually getting some progress but you're not actually touching it
2: yeah, I think that and I think it's you know, look it's it's so easy to stay scared and to stay in that seeking mode. You know, everyone yeah. loves the seeking mode. You know, okay, I you get close, you get close I can't do it now. I'll buy that book. Okay. I, I'm so I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh my God. This is it. I, I'm going to go to do CrossFit. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, okay. I'm going to do what David Goggins does and run 20 miles every day. Oh, day. But but the real thing they need to do is finally put the 10 grand, the 20 grand, whatever it is, into themselves. Other than that, they're just going from camp to camp, the book to book, the idea to idea, never mm-hmm. actually do. You know, and it's and I feel for them because I've been there, and that's why I talk about it so passionately, right? It's because like it, it, Tony had to do it with Jim Rowe. I had to do it. Like anyone that I've met had to do it. Michael Jordan had to do it. Kobe Bryant had to do it. And, and any of the greats had to finally put up or shut up.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I just, when I remember when I found you, I was like. Where has this guy been? I wish I'd had him, like, as a mentor when I was younger because I could have cut out so much bullshit, so many years of...
2: No, my yeah. man, me too. That's why I do what I do. Me, Listen, huh? I, I'm 46. You know what I mean? I'm 46 years old. I've just been living my dream life, my mission, my purpose, on hmm. my own with my own name and my own thing for two years. But once I invested in myself, that's a hell of a two-year journey when you see what I've done in two years. Oh, yeah. But for but for 23 years, I was running the lace business. And always going into these circles. I wish I could do this, I wish I could have done this, I wish I could have right. And I finally had to bet on myself. And it was the greatest thing I ever did. And I Beg people to do it, and I know how uncomfortable it is, and I know how scary it is. I know, but what they don't realize is how much greatness they have in them. They have so much greatness in, and it takes—it just takes that one idea, and there's a fucking jump that you have no idea. It's like a quantum leap. It's a fucking go. It's a fucking attitude. It's, and they—they they just don't realize you know and so I have like these amazing friends I would never never hurt them because I would hate to say their names you know and, and you look them up and they be like oh my god I know exactly who Adam's talking about right like they, they've been guests on these podcasts and they have these amazing podcasts right and they have these amazing guests and they are fucking broke they're broke because they they're, they're not going to hire a coach they have one part of the formula figured out and they don't have, like and they're not willing to do it. You know, for me personally, look, don't get me wrong, recognition and significance is a wonderful thing. But I gotta fucking eat. And my kids gotta eat. And I wanna mm-hmm. live. Do you know what I mean? And I know how fast, I know how fast it is to have a number one best-selling book and then for the number, like there's nothing higher than number one and then it to be number three and then it to be number five. So if they are constantly chasing the next podcast guest, the next thing of significance, the next top ten list, the next You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're getting all these things, but you're not eating. You're not. You're not living your dream. Put a that, fucking gun to my head.
1: That, that that really fucking hit home because I was like that. Oh, I'll be once I get this pair of jeans. Oh, I'll be fine once I get that girl's number. I'll do it once I'm in a relationship. I'll be fine. That's nine. You just start the cycle again. Oh, I need a better girlfriend. Oh, I need better clothes. Oh, I need a better job. Oh, I need a better... And we never actually get anywhere. And you just yeah, go round and round.
2: You know, it's, it's, it's the six basic human needs. It's when we put too much in significance. We all need to feel significant. You know, you're an amazing father, a, a son, family man, right? We all need to feel significant. But there's so much more than just significance. There's growth. There's contribution. You know, there's variety, you know. There's so much more to life than, like, just attention. Then, oh, I'm doing something important. Okay, good. You're doing something important. Great. You know what I mean? But, like, there's more. There's more. So, you know, if you keep chasing significance, it's chasing the new cover, chasing the new podcast guest, chasing the new this, chasing the – like, it's chasing. Chasing is torture, man. Chasing is
1: hard. So if we are starting to, to invest in ourselves and we're starting to go and we start thinking, okay, you said you didn't have like coping strategies until you got into rehab and learned about what we're doing. So how do we know and deal with that uncomfortableness, shall we call it, when you're getting rid of the shitty friends or the you're leaving the job or the city you've never left because you were scared to how have you learned how to deal with that initial pushback that kind of you know like the the crabs in the bucket they they pull them back in rather than try to come out themselves you know like if one's try to come out they go nah you know be like the rest of us how how did you initially step out of that and go nah i'm off for, i'm getting my cape i'm fucking gonna show you how it's done how did how did you get into that do you think
2: It's uh, it's something of like an identity shift. It's like I'm still Adam, and the people yeah. I love, I still love, and the things I care about, I still care about. It's not an identity shift like multiple personalities, but it's a shift in. It's a shift in, realizing that, I can't play small anymore, and I can't all these things that I keep telling myself are a bullshit story. It's a bullshit story. It's a story I keep telling myself. And in order for me to believe that I should stay in this town, like you said, I should stay in this town or I should say like, in order for me to believe that I have to believe that I'm, that that I'm not here for greatness, that I'm not like, and, and you, 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 you shift your identity to realize that, you know, God wants everything for you. You want everything for you. People that, you, if you had it, you would help the people you love. And you just see through a new pair of glasses. And like I said, it doesn't mean that the old thinking doesn't come. Hmm. Right? It's that you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to listen to it. Think about that. Yeah. Right? I don't, have to li- I don't have to listen to that thought. There's
1: such freedom in that. It's hard not to sit and take notes because I can remember thinking like I was a failure because I went back to the old way of thinking. Because everybody always says, "Yeah, you read my book, you'll transform, you'll go and do your own shit, you'll be amazing." Suddenly, I was like, "But I'm still having my slip ups. I'm still doing the same crap. I'm still." So, how did you learn to sort of recalibrate, reset, and sort of reignite yourself? How did you keep that going? Oh, I made a mistake doesn't define me. It's just a learning experience. Let's yeah, touch it.
2: I think so. For me, it was consistency. It was A, sharing with my mentor the thoughts that were going through my head, realizing that they were normal. Uh, B, um, understanding small little differences, like the difference between being bored and being at peace. I didn't know the difference. Hmm. You know, When I was actually just starting to feel what peace felt like, it felt very boring. I was used to such craziness in my life that as I started getting more peaceful I felt boring think about that wow so okay so learning new definitions to new words understanding the difference between love and approval I used to be seeking for everybody's approval external approval thinking it was love thinking it was no they don't here's real love you have kids right you have kids
1: Oh, me don't no
2: No, okay. I have kids. Okay. Here's love. You ready? I love my kids more than anything in the world, more than anything. But I am not going to approve of every decision they ever make. It's impossible. Hmm. But I love them unconditionally. But many people are trying to get people's approval. You know what I mean? Like agree with me, approve of me. I don't want to disrupt. I don't want to disrupt. Confusing it with love. Thinking that that, those perfect people love you. They don't fucking love you. Your mom loves you, your dad loves you, your kids love you. You know what I mean? But you're seeking all these other people's approval thinking it's love. So I I had to redefine words. I had to keep sharing what was going on in my life. I had to be very consistent with daily disciplines and routines. And that's what happened. You know, Mm. I just shifted my identity.
1: So how do we get you to, like, say somebody comes in and they're they were an addict, they were at their low point, whatever, even if they're not an alcoholic, even if they're not a drug addict or whatever it is, but they're just out just listening going, I hate my life. How do we start getting them to have these proper conversations with the likes of yourself and and cut through the, yeah, I'm cool, I'm a hippie, you know, and actually go, I hate my life. I don't feel well, you know, and actually letting somebody like you work with them. How do we get through that initial well, bravado? Yeah.
2: All they have to do is is have the courage to, it's a different day and age, man. It's not like when I need help, you know. All you have mm-hmm. to do is literally go on Instagram and DM me, or DM any of these people that you want to, that you feel like can help you, you know what I mean? And and you will be, you will be hurt. Um, you will be hurt. It just takes that initial act of courage of saying, I need help.
1: So how would you define being the personal superhero in your own journey? How do we know we're on the right path and not like what society wants for us? You know, we, we're just shifting because we think, oh, it's a better job. That's my journey. How do we know when it's actual proper ball tingling? This is my journey, not this is what my parents want or something.
2: It's a great question. So... You're gonna to have to be really real with yourself and, and ask yourself, what's your mission? What's your purpose in life? What's your mission and, and are you doing it? And, and if you're not, are you prepared to get a little uncomfortable every day? Not all day every day, but a little uncomfortable every day. And, and once you start asking yourself, you know, there's such power in questions. Asking yourself these questions and seeing what's going on in that brain. Mm -hmm. But every single person, every single person on this planet has a divine reason, a true reason for being here. And to not live up to what your potential and why you're here is the greatest. Like, that's why I do what I do, because I feel like that's the greatest mistake anyone can have, is to not live why they're here. Is to live in society's rules. I'm here to get the house. I'm here to do the. Uh, no, no, you're here for a reason. You're here for, and you're here for greatness too. Hmm. And a lot of people want to confuse that with, well, if I'm here, I need to be humble and poor. No, you're supposed to be abundant, man. You're supposed to be wealthy and happy. Nobody wants you poor. Nobody. You know, this is a story that you have told yourself. And that is why so many times, even in the Bible and biblical terms, the victor always comes out to abundance. If it's David, if it's Isaac, if it's Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat, if it's you know what I mean, if it's the the twelve apostles, if it's if it's the apostle, like that, you 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 come into this abundance.
1: No, I I, I was speechless. I I knew you were going to be good, but I was just like. I just wish I could just sit and listen rather than wait until I ask the next question. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, and what I mean, what do you do in terms of that? Do you make that as a habit? Do you have like a set of say five questions you ask yourself? Do you journal? Do you Yeah. Are you just thinking about it or?
2: Yeah, no, no. I, I mean listen, you should see how many notebooks I have around my around my house. But I journal, I pray, I meditate, I talk about it, I share about it, I share about it on social media, I lean in, I ask myself the deep questions, I ask my mentors and my teachers and my coaches the deep questions. I still try to find out more. I, I want to learn. I don't want to be a know it all. I wanna I wanna be a sponge. Um I I just, you know, I don't ever want my journey to end. I just don't want my journey to end.
1: I love it. I I love how it's sort of like you cut down all that BS. That kind of no, you can do it. You just need to invest in stuff. You do not you can do it. You just need to believe in stuff. You just need to ask that questions. So what is um? How would you start working with a client? Like how would somebody approach you and start getting the you know like say they've taken the book. How should they start using it? What's
2: the? I think the first step is to 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 get a notebook and a pen. Not your iPhone or smartphone in the notes app to get a notebook and a pen and write down a letter to yourself 20 years from now. One, two letters, one that you went for it, hmm. what it looks like, and one 20 years from now, and you, you let fear override you, you didn't do it, you didn't try. You didn't put your credit card down. You, whatever, and what your life looks like. And get real. Get real. Get real with the idea of what's it like to go for it, and to go on this journey of discovery, this hero's journey, and what's it like to stay stuck.
1: It's like the parallel paths, seeing what your life could be and what. It- it's
2: you. It's you talking to yourself yeah. twenty years in the future two different yous. one that went for it and one that didn't
1: Yeah, and i know what i would rather do regret is a fucking horrible thing yeah, i would love yeah. i can't believe we're I mean, it feels like 10 minutes honestly man like i i think you're one of the greatest like what you're easily one of the greatest guys i've tried with but i mean
2: oh, man, thanks man yeah. it's been a lot of fun talking with you too i'm sorry that i get so passionate yeah. but i just you oh, know fuck. i speak in a way that way because I am the person I'm talking to. I know that person so fucking mm. well. You know, but no, you, I, my kids, I have this, I have that. I, I, Adam, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, Adam, I, I, Adam, shut the fuck up. Put, like, bet on yourself for the first time because no one's going to do it for you. Your dad and mom love you. They ain't going to do it. Your, your ex-wife certainly ain't going to do it. No one's going to fucking do it for you.
1: Well, I definitely want to do a round two because I know we're just touching the surface. You could change fucking lives for Scott day in, day in, like you are doing now. But what do you want people to take from this? Like what would you want them as a sort of message to, to take from this if you had to sum it up?
2: I think the idea would be look at a guy that started a podcast like Ian and look at a guy like Adam that started a coaching program and realize that there's just infinite possibilities out there. There's infinite potentials, and to to just give yourself a break for about ten minutes, and say what would it be like if, and and from there you can build, you know you could you could you could build on that. I, I don't want them to take any grand, any huge things, you know. It, it's kind of like what do you do when you're trying to get in shape? Well, first, why don't you walk around the block? Before you start looking into whose workout program is better, Cameron Haynes, David Goggins, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rich Roll. Like before you start advancing that deeply, why don't you just put a pair of fucking sneakers on and walk 30 minutes that way and 30 minutes back? That's what I would want them to do. Just just play with the idea. Just don't don't get crazy with it. Just what would it look like? What would it be like? What could happen?
1: Stop thinking about it and just do it. Well, I know we're very close to time, and I'd love to do a round two at some point. But how would you yeah. want people to get in touch, to buy the book, to follow you on social media, yeah, work right. with you?
2: So, listen, I'm, uh, I made myself very easily accessible. It's Adam Jablin everywhere at, at Facebook, Adam Jablin, Instagram, Adam Jablin, LinkedIn, Adam Jab, and and I always or a team member. We'll always get back to you, and my team and I are this close. It's like my right and left arm. So if it's Naomi or Sandy and whoever getting back to you, you got. I gotta promise you that when you hear back, this is not like some huge sales team, and you're you're hearing from some stranger. These are you will always hear back from somebody that cares, that wants the best for you, and we will make sure that we do everything we can to help you.
0: Well, that's it for another week, and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life.